Hello, and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what are we covering on this episode? Today, we're talking about the iconic queen of Tejano music, the one, the only, Selena. Well, it was like such a a chill intro. (laughs) (laughs) The one, the only. The Um, one. Yeah. The only <laughs> Selena. Um, but yes, if you're like us 90s kids, you may know Selena by the film about her life starring J-Lo that documented her epic rise to fame and eventual shocking murder. Selena was an American singer, songwriter, spokesperson, model, actress, fashion designer, you name it, that was huge in the 90s. She was the top-selling Latin artist and is seen as one of the most influential artists of all time. And she did all of this by the young, young age of 23. Yeah, crushed it. Um, so Selena Quintanilla Perez, a.k.a. Selena, as we know her, was born into a super musical family. Her dad, Abraham, was part of a pretty popular singing group in Texas called the Dinos. And after he heard Selena sing, he immediately recognized her talent. She had this amazing singing voice and had great pitch, even though she had never had lessons. So that's like super hard to do. And she was super beautiful. So he was like, fucking ching, let's start a family band. And it was called Selena the Los Dinos. Uh, when you have a band, you need a great lead singer. And in this case, that was obviously Selena. So I can't wait to hear about her big three. Okay, you're gonna love it, Elise, because she's an airy sun and a Sagittarius moon like you, but Woo! she's an, an Aquarius rising. Um, and so, airy suns are fiery, energized, like pure-hearted go-getters, and Sagittarius moons are optimistic, like hyper naive, passionate about their beliefs. Sagittarius is like religion, and the moon is the body and like how you react. And people with Sagittarius moons can either become like what the Bible, uh, I think, calls false idols, um, <laughs> or be like me. Uh, who has Sagittarius moon in the fifth house and be a fangirl house placements sort out the likelihood of either of those happening and Aquarius rising throws out throws in the fun wrench of like being the kind of like iconic classic or like setting her apart um Aries and Sagittarius are fire signs fire placements are passionate and tend to like court attention Aquarius also courts attention but in like a measured logical kind of like masterful way they know that they're part of the collective and that like no person is more special than the other person like they're just so they like know that they're not better than anyone which allows them to kind of like like work at a skill and also like relate to people and so it also kind of ironically like make them stand out from a crowd because they're not really trying to be seen because they see themselves as everyone you know i feel like um aquarius rising like people like them even though they're like not trying to be like so like they're just being freaks somewhere and people like are drawn to them and that would make sense because selena was you know she didn't have that like diva energy that a lot of like pop sort of like stars that we associate now with with the diva energy like mariah ariana like all of them like she didn't have that vibe about her at all which i think was able to make people like relate to her and love her so much more but you know, we love an Aries sun Sag moon combo. Um, <laughs> like, you know, the sun made her very ambitious and energetic and her moon made her optimistic and passionate. And Aquarius rising gave her that like cool chill girl vibe. Authentic. Yes. Oh my God. So authentic. And though Selena was super talented, she didn't get the best start. She was performing Tejano music, which it's an incredibly male dominated genre at the time. So people would con- like, they would just refuse to book her because she was a girl just shitty which like this was the 90s this wasn't like 1945 like that's <laughs> it's just a crazy 
thing, but Tejano music is a subgenre or it's, it's a popular subgenre in Texas, and it has a Mexican singing style fused with a beat of German polka and waltz mixed with American pop um, <laughs> or R&B, which like, what a combo, you know, like uh, to calling it a sub combo or a subgenre doesn't even do it justice. It's like a but, burrito bowl. Of- <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> burrito um, bowl. Oh God. Um, but though Selena wanted to record music in English, her dad wanted her to do something related to her heritage, so Tejano music it, it was. And it's also worth noting that Selena didn't even actually speak Spanish, so she was like literally born in America, so she had to learn all the songs phonetically. Okay, crazy. so this is a cool part of her chart that speaks to that. Um, she had Mercury retrograde in Taurus, and Mercury rules communication, and retrograde is when a planet looks like it's going backwards in orbit, and Taurus rules the throat, and it's associated with like voices and beautiful singing voices. And so even though she couldn't speak the language, like her voice is so beautiful and it evokes emotion, it really speaks to kind of like there's like a block in communication or some sort of um, a, like a different kind of communication. And then she's also just singing. So, oh, my God. But yeah, she had like the voice of an angel. Like no one even cared that she couldn't speak Spanish because you couldn't even tell. It just sounded so good. Right. Um, so nevertheless, slowly and steadily, Selena and her family were making a name for themselves and they were performing anywhere and for anyone they could. So their dad, Abraham, was their manager, and he really depended on the kids because the group became the family's main source of income, which, like, never is good. Um, So Abraham really put his heart and soul into promoting the group. Like, this was his, like, meal ticket. And there was a lot of pressure on his kids to deliver. But not everyone was super pumped about all the performing. Selena's teachers were really concerned about her because she always looked tired and was missing school. And then eventually Abraham pulled Selena out of school to focus on music and her teachers like threatened to report him to child services. So the relationship with Abraham and Selena seems pretty fraught and pageant mom-ish. So what's their bi-wheel like? And once again, a bi-wheel is when you overlap two people's charts to see how their planets interact. And from that, you could see the type of relationship they have. Right. Okay. So Abraham has his sun, moon, Mercury, and Jupiter in Pisces, which overlaps with Selena's second house, which relates to salary, earthly possessions, personal values, um, and how like a person feels secure about themselves and like their relationship to the world. This kind of means that he's able to further her career for sure. And there's like definitely synergy there. But he's also emotionally invested in her earnings, like for better or worse. Um, and his moon is conjunct her Venus, which may mean that this emotional investment or attachment like breaches, you know, boundaries, um, because Pisces is a sign that completely dissolves boundaries. And this also provides for like, just like, it's auspicious, but it's also control issues, right? So Selena's IC conjunct her Saturn um, is about it's the IC is the deepest part of the subconscious. It's shaped by early childhood and our caregivers and Saturn is the father uh, and father figures. And Abraham's behavior like really necessarily shaped her psyche completely. Her IC is in Taurus, which has to do with, again, the voice. So it's like near her Mercury. And it's possible that like, like his voice was omnipresent in her head, right? So she's singing beautifully, but she could be hearing Abraham's voice in her head telling her what to do. Oh, Abe. Yeah, he has a bunch of planets in Selena's second house, which makes him very invested in Selena's money and probably because she was his source of income. And so he had a few more placements interacting with Selena that shows he may have been a little bit too invested in her life and maybe even controlling. And overall, he just had a lot of influence on her and her behavior. So this ties back to her dad, Abraham, depending on Selena for the main source of income, because he's always pushing her to perform all the time. And he takes this to another level when he buys a bus and the family begins to tour. 
So they record an album and start promoting it. And Selena is eventually discovered by this dude that created the Tejano Music Awards, um, which is a big deal. So she's invited to perform at the award show. She goes, she crushes it. She wins Best Female Vocalist of the Year, which congrats to her. And around the same time, she appears on this really big Spanish-speaking TV show, which gives her a ton of publicity. And her career just like takes off from there. Yeah. And after this, she released an album that was number one on the U.S. Billboard Regional Mexican Albums chart for eight months. Then she won a Grammy. (laughs) And then she released another album that becomes one of the best selling albums in the U.S. So what's going on with her chart around this time? Okay. First of all, Amor Prohibido is such a saucy name and I really like it. (laughs) Um, I just want to say that. So for this release, Selena's in on an 11th house year in her annual perfections. And the 11th house deals with the collective as well, like as it relates to fame and your audience. And at this release, the sun, Mars and Saturn were transiting her second house of salary, offering like a super healthy but steady boost to in like the department um, or in that department. And Jupiter, which was her time lord, is transiting her 10th house of fame, honors and like your public reputation. And so the most standard of all transits was actually the north node, uh, which is the eclipse point of like destiny, fated events. Um, was conjunct Pluto in the transiting chart. And uh, that's like the eclipse planet of control, fate. It's it's the a, a transit from Pluto uh, sounds like stairway to heaven. Um, and so this was exactly conjunct her midheaven, which is the destiny point for your career, your fame, your honors. Like it's, it's exactly conjunct. I was really uh, once more crazed by how accurate the astrology was here. Yes. So her 11th house year is going to bring those fans more fame um and that interaction between pluto and her north node shows that this was a change to her destiny and personal transformation so selena's crushing it of course all those people now that like were dicks to her that didn't want her to perform come crawling back and they're like oh my god we love you i know there's nothing better than someone groveling that wronged you previously Well, like your success takes care of your revenge. It's like, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so they come crawling back to her and they're like, oh, my God, thank you so much for bringing our music genre into the mainstream. So then because of this and her fame, her talent, that 11th house moment, all this money and opportunities start to come in. So she appeared in Coke ads in Texas. She had an acting role in a film with like Marlon Brando and Johnny Depp, which is huge. And she even opened boutique clothing stores featuring her own designs. And honestly, everyone wanted Selena. Like she sold out the freaking Astrodome, which is a huge deal. She kept getting all of these endorsements and she was about to release um, an English crossover album, which would have been fucking dope. So is there anything in her chart that shows this type of fame and success besides what you just mentioned? Yeah, Han Depot. But wait, was the Astrodome where she wore that purple yeah. one piece outfit? I Oh yeah, I mean iconic. Used to watch it on repeat. I had the Selena VHS because that's how old we are, and I would literally like rewind that part. She looks so cool. Okay, love her. All right. So Selena's Midheaven is in the tenth house in Scorpio. <laughs> Midheaven is the public self fame career. We just talked about it. Public honors. It's like where you're projected into the public. Um, and whatever house Scorpio sits on in a person's chart. Um, is where that person is subject to subconscious projections from others, like relating to people's insecurities and like just stuff that they don't even know. But they're like, oh, I know that this person is this way, but it's like you're not that way. And this is also part of the reason that like Scorpio is the most hated sign. Uh, <laughs> most often, though, these subconscious projections just like just have nothing to do with the actual person. And so 
Selena was like a huge victim of these, obviously. Um, and so, but she has an Aquarius rising, so she knows she's not better than anyone and like her fans can smell it. And that's like part of the reason, like she's just so like big and relatable and like, we're still talking about her. Um, but like, furthermore, her son's in the third house and the third house relates to like your immediate environment and your sibling and education before college. And so the son is the life force. It's like this placement underscores her relatability. It's the importance of her siblings in her life. And like just her realistic orientation with her own surroundings. She doesn't expect to like, she wants to be in control, but not in the way that like in the way that she wants everyone to be treated well, not in the way that she's like trying to like make people like succumb to her will. And so the Sagittarius moon is in the 11th house. And so when I think of this, for whatever reason, I see um, a classroom projector from our 90s childhoods. Uh, Google it. Um, and it's like a slide of her. <laughs> I don't really have like a th- pictures like this a lot in my head, but like, yeah, I just like see a slide of her like being projected, but instead of like a bunch of board kids, like the Legion of fans, it's kind of just like this idea that like her image is projected with like through a light onto like the public, you know? And that's like how we see her. I feel like her, like normally when people think about like projection and like the Scorpio placement, like where others project onto you, it being a bad thing. I feel like for her, it really helped. And that's like another reason why her fans were so close to her. And she had that relationship because for her, she was like a Latina woman in the mainstream. And for so many like young girls growing up in that culture, like they didn't see anyone that really looked like them you know, on such a big stage, because also too, this was still the nineties where like everyone was like Heather Locklear still, sadly, Mm -hmm. honestly, like probably the closest Latina was like Shannon. (laughs) 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 Okay. So Selena was obviously the main attraction in her family's band, but her whole music career was very much a family affair. Her dad, Abraham, was her manager, which this again calls back to the by wheel between Abraham and Selena and him like, needing to be in her finances slash having a vested interest. Um, so for the rest of the family, that's kind of also the same. They also are making money off of her, um, not necessarily in like a negative way, but they're all in the band. So her sister played drums, her boyfriend slash eventual husband played guitar. They were very close knit. They didn't let a lot of outsiders in. Um, and this especially gets pretty sad considering the one person they did pick, which was Yolanda Saldivar. But yeah, we have to focus on Yolanda for a bit because she's a real piece of work, um, which is like the nicest way to describe her. Yolanda Saldivar was a nurse that eventually became Selena's fan club president, personal assistant, boutique manager, and close friend. And she was a bit of a loner, didn't have many friends outside her immediate family. But with the friends she did have, she was extremely controlling of them. So let's hear about her chart. Okay, we don't have Yolanda's birth time, um, but she was born on September 19th in 1960 in San Antonio. And so we don't know her exact rising, which is what happens when we don't have someone's birth time. But she was born a day before a solar eclipse in Virgo, which means that Yolanda has both her sun and moon in Virgo. And being born on an eclipse indicates that the native will have like extreme circumstances in life, a la uh, JonBenet Ramsey. Um, and I'm referencing her because we did an episode about her. So if you're curious about other eclipse placements, go back and listen to it. Um, and Virgo is a sign of service and perfectionism, um, which is also like the impulse to control yourself and your surroundings. Virgos want to like everything to be perfect and like they want it to be a certain way. They're particular as hell. And it's like a sweet uh, notion or, you know, idea, but like it's impossible that they, they can never achieve this. So like they just get bent on this control aspect. So like, 
a Virgo's downfall is that like they're the most likely to achieve perfectionism, but they get so caught up in it that they can never can. Um, and so to really pack a punch, though, Yolanda has Pluto in Virgo, too, which is the planet of control and the sign of control. And it's just like this fucking hot mess. Wow, that's terrifying. Um, a double Virgo, in this case, triple, probably more Virgo placements, honestly, is legit my worst nightmare. It's just a recipe for being extremely, extremely controlling. Being controlling is something people described Yolanda as later on. Um, the thing to know is that Yolanda was obsessed with Selena, like in a very weird way. After seeing her perform once at a concert, Yolanda was hooked and harassed Abraham, once again, Selena's dad, until he finally gave in and let Yolanda start a Selena fan club, which is creepy to me. As time went on, she became a trusted friend and became part of the family. However, she was super threatened by Selena's relationships with any other person that wasn't her. So she would act like a real freak and would do anything she could to create a barrier between anyone and Selena. So what is their bywheel? Because I'm sure it's insane. Yolanda's Virgo son is exactly conjunct Selena's eighth house Pluto. And uh, the eighth house is about shared resources. It's a house of death. Uh, it's about the resources of your partners and your open open enemies and the ancients consider this to be an evil house because the rising can't see it and so eighth house planets are common like it's not evil to have one here my i people have them here you know i have one you, okay you you do I'm gonna say oh, yeah. it, but i don't want to like i don't think you know, i'm crazy <laughs> no well you have a taurus uh eighth house so it's like super stable Plus. it can also be people extremely talented financial planners so maybe that's kind of how she got into that because i know that she was managing fi uh selena's finances based on the movie but sometimes the stars align in a way that ancients discuss and like we get stories like selena's retrospectively we know that yolanda is deeply unwell super controlling manipulative like you know she has uh, some sort of pathological tendencies and selena just cannot see these aspects about her um and selena's like she's astute she's an aquarius moon and she's not but she trusts Yolanda. And so that's the eighth house is also it's like a house of trust. It's it's a house of death. Um, it can show psychosexual impulses. And like, I guess it's kind of just like an opportunity for me to have a mini diatribe about how sexuality isn't always this like romantic binary. Oftentimes it's about the need to seize or relinquish control and or slash power. Like you're like could be an employee employer relationship. It could be so many different things. Yolanda's relationship. It could be your fan club president. Check out if someone's your fan club president. Like me, be worried, right? <laughs> Yolanda's yeah. relationship with Selena is just like exactly this kind of psychosexual dominance type thing, like a complete obsession to recap yolanda's son is interacting with selena's eighth house pluto which shows she's controlling over selena's finances which she did manage selena's boutiques and dealt with a lot of her business dealings and this placement also signals the extreme obsession yolanda has for selena so selena's career at this time was off the charts insane everybody wanted her everyone loved her so she didn't notice all the weird shit yolanda was doing because she was super busy Meanwhile, Yolanda was coming off as this very doting, seemingly perfect personal assistant. So that's like, you know, the good side of Yolanda's Virgo. So Selena was kind of just like shoveling shit off for her to do, being like, oh, my God, you can handle everything. You're the best. Um, and though she could fool Selena, Yolanda could not fool everyone else. And people definitely started to notice that Yolanda was shady. The designer of Selena's clothing line even was like, there's really something wrong with this woman. Get me out of this contract. Um, Yolanda even went as far as to try to start problems between Selena and her husband in an attempt to create a wedge between them because she's a 
psycho jealous bitch. Eventually, the complaining about Yolanda began to increase, but this time it was coming from fans. And these fans said, you know, they were paying for their fan club dues, but they were never getting like, you know, the Selena signed poster that they were expecting and they never received it. So Selena's dad was like, "Mm, not okay." So he did some digging and realized that little old Yolanda had been embezzling money. So, you know, this is really Yolanda's Virgo interacting with Selena's eighth house Pluto. Like, this is it striking. You know, she's like in the background, like dicking around. And now we see it come to light. Um, So Abraham fires her and Yolanda just like loses it. Yeah. And after all, this was really the only true relationship that mattered to Yolanda. And she also allegedly had a shrine to Selena in her home, which like, like so scary and this is not like you know a cute like poster on the wall it's like full-on shrine and you know so you know at this point things were getting weird and so Yolanda becomes incredibly desperate to get Selena back into her life um so Yolanda right now is like scrambling trying to figure out how she could keep making Selena talk to her because at this point Selena's just like over it she find like the veil has been lifted she's she's done with Yolanda so Yolanda's plan to keep her talking is to steal financial documents from Selena's businesses and then slowly give them back one at a time. So this is all that controlling Virgo in Yolanda's chart. Because of this, like, you know, Selena would have to keep talking her, talking to her to ask her for those documents again and again. Which, like, Yolanda knew how to play Selena. Like, it's really sad. But, you know, we're not psychiatrists, but there is a personality disorder called celebrity worship syndrome, where you like have to have a relationship with a celebrity or else your sense of self-worth completely declines. And it's most often seen in people with low self-esteem, which was definitely the case for Yolanda. And so, um, you know, she probably had it, but she's also probably maybe had a lot of other issues. But Yolanda's identity was like directly tied to being Selena's friend. So without Selena, like she viewed herself as being nothing. So that's where like the desperation really kicked in. Yeah. And that's why Yolanda is just like grabbing for straws, trying to figure out how to keep Selena in her life. So, you know, she buys a gun, um, which is not chill. And she asked Selena to meet her at a hotel so she could give her the last of the financial documents that she's been withholding. Selena comes, they get into an argument, and then Yolanda shoots Selena in the back, which eventually kills her. Sad. Yolanda definitely had a personality disorder, and it wasn't just celebrity. It could have been comorbid. I, I'm not a doctor, but I know that it's true, okay? You guys, I'm Leo Rising here to tell you guys. But the cool thing about Selena that she wrong? did is in her last moments... Selena like ran to the lobby and told them the room that Yolanda was in and said Yolanda's name and then collapsed. So like without that, they wouldn't even know. Wait, I got, I just have chills. Okay. So she died on March 31st, 1995, which is such a short time after she first gained success. It's truly tragic. She was murdered um, in a 12th house perfection year. The 12th house is traditionally associated with turmoil, mental health, endings, death, events and situations that are out of your control. It's like the attic of your life. It's dingy. It's a dustbin. Like these themes color the year, right? People, everyone has a 12th house year every 12 years, yeah, so not everyone dies in it. Just because you have a 12th house here, you're not going to die. Right, we don't <laughs> all die in our 12th house years, which is proven by the fact that many people <laughs> live to be older than 12. Um, and so, so, so Lena's 12th house is in Capricorn. It's ruled by Saturn. Saturn was her time lord. Um, and Saturn is a planet of karma, restriction, and austerity. 
Selena also has Mars and Capricorn in her 12th house and Mars in the 12th house like relates to uh, like the 12th house has to do with hidden enemies and Mars is the planet of aggression and violence and like also enemies like your like opponents and how you um, wage war. And so this is like there's a strong signification or correlation with like violence or sort of like either like mental or physical and like honestly like violent death okay additionally the murder occurred two weeks before her birthday which coincided with the lunar eclipse which was on exactly on her son which is like associated with the human spirit basically it eclipsed out her human spirit so to recap selena had mars in her activated 12th house which indicates aggression and violence from a hidden enemy And Saturn is also playing a big role in her chart, which brings restriction. We have an eclipse that exactly hits her sun, which is a big deal because this is going to be unexpected change to her person. And in Selena's case, death. So news breaks about Selena's death and people just freak out. They drive to her home, her stores, the crime scene to kind of pay like homage to her. Churches had prayer services for her. TV stations even interrupted programming to break the news. So it was like a huge deal. Right. And it wasn't just the Latin community that was affected. This was a really big deal. And the public reaction to her death is compared to how it was following the deaths of major figures like John Lennon, Kurt Cobain, even John F. Kennedy. George Bush even declared her birthday, Selena Day, in Texas. So what was going on that would sort of amplify this type of news? Okay, so Mars was retrograde in Virgo in January of 95, and it's stationed direct in Leo on March 24th, 95, which is one week from her March 31st murder. And so as we've seen um, this past year, Mars retrograde periods can send the world into like a state of frenzy. Um, Emotions are high. And like reaction is high, like you feel like your rights are being violated or just sort of like things are taken away from you. Additionally, America's moon is an Aquarius opposite Leo uh, in the third house, which activates the emotions of like the whole nation um, and it like titillates throughout. Um, And also it activates the American press because the press has to do with the third house because the third house relates to publishing. So it's going to be published and it's just going to be felt. Yeah, for sure. That Mars retrograde. Always going to bring a big old amplified energy of whatever the planet rules. Flash forward to Yolanda's trial. She pleads not guilty and says it's an accident. And I'm assuming even the judge rolled their eyes at that. It takes the jury three hours only, which is super short to deliberate. And they say she's super fucking guilty and she's sentenced to life in prison. So bye, Yolanda. God, my eyes are like still stuck in the back of my head from that one. It was an accident, even though I like actually bought a gun for this exact purpose. But um, at the time of Selena's death, Tejano music was one of the most popular subgenres in the U.S. Selena is considered the Beyonce of Tejano music and helped pave the way for many Latina artists to break into the mainstream. Today, she remains iconic and in the headlines. Mac is releasing a makeup line inspired by her famous looks, and there's a series about her life recently released on Netflix. So what's happening that's bringing her sort of back into the public mainstream? Okay, so since people die, but charts don't, her chart was activated. Selena entered a second house year in 2020, which activated the earning power of her estate, as well as like those personal values that she upheld in her lifetime. And so these perfections are also specifically activating her Venus, which is money, love, beauty, uh, personal values. Her midheaven, which is associated with career and public honors, is uh and her moon uh which relates to her likeness like her physical likeness her body and like her emotional resonance with the public crazy and it's kind of fucked up that like her people die in charts don't and like her family is still probably like tied to her income like even after all this time like abraham is still making money off of her 
which is so crazy to me. Actually, I don't know if he's dead, but I'm sure he she has an estate that's doing that. And so I guess to sum it all up, like Dana, can you tell us like the biggest transits that were key in the life of dear Selena? Yeah. Also, since charts die and people don't, we can really just kind of relate to her sort of Aquarius rising and realize that everyone deserves like dignity and respect, but none of us are more special than the other. You know, every chart will be yeah. activated again. Um, and so Selena was an Aries sun, Sag moon and Aquarius rising. This is passionate, down to earth, relatable. She has Mercury retrograde in Taurus. This is a beautiful voice. Speaking in a language that you don't know, but reaching that the people of that language in such a way or of, you know, that nation in a way that like really resonates with people because your just voice is so beautiful and art really breaches boundaries. Abraham has heavy placements in her second house. This is career synergy and control. He's able to further her career and like uh, increase her wealth, but he's also emotionally invested in her earnings and like his uh, fathership, which is now a word. Um really just impacts her uh, self-esteem and her security in the world. The North Node conjunct Pluto, uh, conjunct Selena's Midheaven at the release of Amor Prohibido, um, is catapulting her to fame and like just fading her to be something greater than herself. Yolanda was born on a Virgo solar eclipse conjunct Pluto. This is extreme circumstances in life. It's control issues. Uh, like most serial killers have a mutable sun sign. <laughs> I am one. Like crazy people, right? You never know what's going to happen. Yolanda's Virgo planets are heavy eighth house placements. And in her bi with Selena, it's like control over shared resources or like, you know, shared finances. Like there's a, a bank. Psychosexual warfare. And also... At Selena's uh, death, she was in a 12th house year in her annual perfections. So the themes of this year are turmoil, mental health, endings, death, like things that you don't have any control out over. Um, and it was activating her 12th house Mars, which relates to hidden enemies. And she was murdered two weeks before her birthday, which coincided with a lunar eclipse exactly opposite her sun. So her spirits eclipsed out. Wow. Not her memory. But yes, truly RIP to a legend. But it's time to break out that Xanax fam, because next week we're examining the Oxycontin epidemic. Yes, please take benzos so that you can hear about the heroin epidemic. <laughs> please leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to. We would really appreciate it. Um, and it boosts us, so thank you. Reviews definitely help us out. And if you leave us one on Apple Podcasts and DM us a screenshot of your review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. It'll be super cute. Don't forget to follow us for Allegedly Astrology on Instagram and Reddit and at Allegedly Astro on Twitter. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. 